You're listening to the Charity Champions Podcast. Each year, TFNB Your Bank for Life chooses six nonprofits from around Central Texas to recognize as Charity Champions. Tonight's Charity Champion is... Champions enjoy live on-field presentations at Baylor University home football and basketball games, online broadcast and print marketing exposure, and world-class leadership development through 360 Solutions, all at no cost to the nonprofit. In this podcast, we want to get to know our Charity Champions a little better. We're bringing those who help and those who have been helped into the studio to hear the stories behind the champions. In this episode, Junior League of Waco. Junior League is a group of women promoting female leadership while making Waco a better place to live. Their current focus is early childhood education. For children in our community to really excel in our education system and really later on be the leaders here in Waco, it really does take all of us starting at the beginning. And now let's get to know our champion. So today we're joined by two ladies from Junior League. We've got Holly and Jana. Can you guys kind of start off by introducing yourself? Yes, I'm Holly Burchett, and I'm serving as the president this year for the Junior League. Excellent. Good morning. I'm Jane Hicks, and I am president-elect for Junior League. Excellent. So for someone who doesn't know what Junior League is, can you guys kind of describe it for me? We are a organization of women, and we primarily help develop leadership skills within women. But we do that on a stage of volunteerism. And so right now, our current focus or community impact is early childhood education. And that means that the women that are in our organization are placed in committees or just in different placements where they practice and develop leadership skills within themselves, whether from the top down in our organization structure, you're in it specifically to develop leadership skills within yourself. And I would add to that that the primary focus is Waco. So it's women in Waco, and it's early childhood education in Waco. And so how many people are in your organization? Our structure, we have active members and we have sustainer members. And so we have right around 500 total actives and sustainers combined. And so if I'm joining Junior League, not me, obviously, because I'm not a woman, but uh, what is what does it look like when you join? How do you get involved and, and what are what kind of work are you doing or volunteering you're doing? Absolutely. So we the very first year we call that our your you go through a provisional course, essentially, and there's absolutely no barriers as far as you don't know, have to have a sponsor or anything like that to join. If you have a heart for volunteerism and you love Waco um, and you're female, then we invite you to come join us. And there are two entry points into the year. You could start a provisional course in uh, July, or you could start it in January. When you begin that, there's six meetings. That's a curriculum that is that you go through, and it's specifically catered towards leadership skills that would help you understand the city, understand our organization, and be able to jump right in and volunteer in any of our placements. You say leadership skills, and you know I work for 360 Solutions. We focus on leadership. What does that mean to you, and what is kind of the curriculum that people are going through? Absolutely. So we certainly talk about a servant leadership model, and we unpack that. We also start to you know specifically look at Waco and the needs in Waco. And for 83 years, that's what our organization has done. We look at different impact areas in Waco. What is it that someone maybe is not addressing? We research different issues, and we try to go develop solutions to those. Traditionally, when the organization was founded, there weren't a lot of nonprofits. 
um, that wasn't really common and there weren't a lot of women in the workplace and so this gave an opportunity for women to develop those types of leadership skills in this nonprofit sector but of course we've evolved over time most of our members now um, are educated and, and do work outside of the home and so we have switched over time and a lot of times the leadership skills do focus more on what it looked like to be a female leader in this world and um, and in our city and address issues and so even serving as a president I'm being developed even as we speak I mean I've never done a podcast before but here I am <laughs> sitting in front of you and I'm learning what this looks like to engage with community partners and look at a budget and run an organization have a headquarters understand what maintenance and operations looks like you know we have an internal team we have employees understanding you know how to do that and that you know, I'm employed for Baylor Scott and White Hillcrest as a speech pathologist. And so I have skills that I'm able to employ over there. But these skills in the junior league that I'm employing look different than that. One of our major or our major fundraiser for the league is called Deck the Halls. And I had the privilege two years ago serving as co-chair of that. And essentially that, you know, we raise over $200,000 for us to be able to pour back into the community. But between my co-chair and myself, we led a team of over 30 women. We developed a budget. We had a four-day gift market with 80 vendors, thousands of patrons and customers that came in, children's events that we helped plan. So I mean, the spectrum of leadership skills that an individual could obtain while being a member of the Junior League is quite vast and, and exciting. And, you know, I have been in the governmental relations arena and been stretched in many ways from a leadership perspective. But hands-on training with the gift market was something that I never would have had access to or exposure to. And it's enhanced my my opportunities tenfold. And I think just to further emphasize what Jana just said, it's hands-on. And so it's not um, where we have a course for our provisionals to go through, but really after those six courses, um, it's really all about implementing that work. And you learn that over time. And a lot of it is conflict resolution, um, getting out there, trying something, um, and maybe it didn't work very well and coming back to the table and as a team trying to figure out, okay, that didn't work well. Communication skills are certainly something that, you know, we all have to work on and improve in and Mm -hmm. it's very hands-on. I would love to see how well your curriculum lines up with 360's curriculum because we talk about a lot of the same things where like effective communication is the basis for having a good workplace culture and that sort of things. Emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for you guys to be able to go through that this uh, this winter when we go through all those leadership courses. I think that's one of the things that we are most excited about being named Charity Champion is the access to those training opportunities. With our model, we have new membership every year. And mm-hmm. while we may have an incredible speaker come in one year, we have a whole new flock of people in six months that didn't get to hear that. Mm-hmm. So the opportunity to be exposed to this training and then continue to bring our members to it is a huge gift. And you guys are charity champions for life, so you get to come every single year. Hey, we will take you up on that. <laughs> Thank absolutely you. absolutely true. And I think, you know, you go through your provisional course, and while this curriculum is presented to you, there's something that happens when in that 10-year time frame when you're serving in the league in a different capacity that you don't as you develop as a leader you start to see like okay I have a weakness in this area and maybe I didn't identify it when I first entered the league or I've you know I look different five years 
and than I did when I first started. And so being able to connect with you guys on that leadership development realm, just further enhance those skills because what you look like you're one and what you look like you're seven is different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm year 13. So <laughs> <laughs> we realize we're always growing and there's always the opportunity for growth and, and we need it. That's perfect. I think it's very interesting that, you know, Junior League was started so long ago, but I really feel like now is kind of the era of female empowerment. You guys feel that kind of like the history of Junior League was to kind of help us get to a point now where a lot of women are working outside the home and being leaders in organizations and companies, right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I do think it's taken on a different face. And right now it seems to be a lot about, as a woman, how do you multitask? How do you do all of that? And of Mm -hmm. course, I feel like women have been multitasking for years, but it looks a little different. A lot of us are working outside of the home. We still have families and we still want to volunteer and be able to have that need met too and develop as leaders. And so we've had to evolve over time. Well, and modernize much, many of the women when we first started this organization, in Waco 83 years ago, but even before us, when the league internationally began, did not work. And Mm -hmm. meetings were held during the day. As part of that modernization, all of our meetings are in the evening. And we we really try and make it accessible to all members, no matter where they are in their stage of life, they are able to participate. And so you guys said you're looking for kind of like gaps and things that Waco needs to be a better community. And you found that early childhood education was a good place to start. How did you guys come to that? And how do you guys align with the community to kind of do that? So it's, let's see, we're on year four of implementing early childhood education as our area of focus. And prior to that, we had several areas that we focused on in the city. But about four years ago, we decided to research as a league and as a board, several different topics in the city that whether it was hunger, there were, there were a lot of different areas in the city that we could address. Mm-hmm. As we started as a membership looking into those, we saw that there were some other organizations that really were lifting some of those, but early childhood, specifically a young child from zero to three, zero to six, it seemed as if that area really could use some ele- elevating. Mm-hmm. And so whether it was awareness, funding, and actually putting all of our projects and volunteer work towards that, that's how we came upon it. And that's one thing about the Junior League is we move pretty slow. Usually, um, and when I say that, it's just we like to be thoughtful Mm -hmm. and make sure that what we're doing is research and found before we begin. And so we did take some time to connect within the city to adopt early childhood for the next several years. And equip our members to, to be able to engage, to identify, not just work with the city, but the different early childhood professionals in the area, build those relationships, and then, as I mentioned, equip our members so that they would feel confident in moving forward in these various community projects. When we talk about early childhood, there's all these different areas. Like there's the parent that's raising the child. Mm -hmm. There's the educator that's touching the child. There's the child themselves. Um, And then there's the city. And so we catered all of our projects around those things. And so Educate and Collaborate, for example, is one of our projects that specifically addresses educators. We bring in a great speaker and we try to introduce them to new concepts specifically around the area of early childhood. Um, We also have a bus tour that we take the educators on and we try to go showcase some centers in town that are doing it really well. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing like, I mean, you can sit in a classroom and hear about it, but there's something about going and seeing it being done well 
and having that visual reminder that maybe potentially those educators could go back to their own places of work and apply what they've learned and seen. Mm-hmm. Another area is Family Story Night and Practical Parenting. Those two projects specifically address the parent Mm -hmm. and try to lift literacy. We try to explain to a parent that while screens and TV and those kind of things have a great place for entertainment or even an educational realm, um, there's nothing like just getting down on the floor and playing with your child. Because when your child is young from zero to three, that is their work, Mm -hmm. it's play. Unless someone stopped to tell you as a parent, you know, they hand you this child in the hospital to take home, or maybe you've adopted a child, you know, unless someone, there's no rule book, there's no guidebook that says, this is is what you do. And so um, we connect with these parents to try to tell them that just this is a safe place to learn and we want to tell you a little bit about what it looks like to lift education and literacy in your home. It's crazy to me that one of the most important tasks anyone can do raising a child, there's no like rule book out there no or how to <laughs> and people do it. And you're so right, you know, when you talk about making a stronger, better community, you can't start anywhere but the foundation. And the foundation is how do we raise this generation that's just now coming up? And another one of our charity champions, the Talitha Coombe Institute, they do a really good job. And I learned so much about, I made the mistake of saying on the podcast, like, you know, <laughs> these parents that don't love their kids enough, so they're coming here to Talitha Coombe. And she was like, no, no. Yeah. parents love their kids, but they just may not have the skills. They may not be equipped to actually raise them in a proper way that's going to make them, you know, into a, a really nice adult, right? And they love that's... them enough to come to Talitha Coombe. Right. And I think that pulls into the fact that it really takes all of us mm-hmm. for, you know, children in our community to really excel in our education system and really later on be our generation and um, be the leaders here in Waco. It really does take all of us starting at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, you know, you always hear the term, it takes the village, but I've never really understood it more like I do now since we've adopted early childhood. And it's not just about the people that we serve, but I would say we're serving the women that are in our organization that happen to have children of their own or have even children that they're around or near or close to their family. Again, they're also, you know, raising a child and don't have a guidebook. And so just as we've unpacked this work and learned more, I would say we also are attempting to do better in our own homes. Mm-hmm. Let me add to um, what you were saying earlier about the Educate and Collaborate workshop. We had our symposium last week, and we had over uh, about 100 educators. Some worked together hand-in-hand throughout the year, but many, this was their first opportunity to get to know each other. And so not only are they getting to go to Region 12, get CPE credits for, for their various skill sets for free. We, we do provide that for free. But there's also a synergy that is created by the various early childhood professionals throughout the community that can help lift it all together by getting to know each other. Then they begin to work together throughout the year and it just helps further that process along, which wasn't necessarily existing before. Absolutely. And it's a chance we try, we really try to make that, first of all, what Jana said, it's free Mm -hmm. to those educators. We also try to have wonderful food there and really encourage them to just sit back and breathe for a day. The work they do is hard. Another one of our projects that we have is called Passy Fair Parent and Child Initiative. And we have hosted this for the past several years at the Dewey Community Center. And it is a fair that connects like over 150 families to assist children 
and families to help them understand the resources that are available to mm-hmm. them, whether it's the library or WIC or even our uh, car seats. Um, are you buckling your car seat? Is your car seat installed right? All these different things. There's haircuts that are free. We talk about immunizations there. Hearing and vision uh, testing. Yes. So all those things that it takes to you know, develop a child and make sure they're school ready so that when they get to kindergarten, um, it's also sometimes uniforms, you know, assistance is provided, those kinds of things. But it's a vendor fair that families can come to and find out that there is help for you. There's so many little things you just don't know. You know, I have three kids and, and learn stuff like I was in a minor fender bender and my child wasn't in the car, but the car seat was. Yes. And so they're like, you need to get a new car seat now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I would have never have known that. Right. That's just one of the thousands of things that you're supposed to know, but you know, a lot of times you don't. So that's a great idea to have. You didn't get a rule place. book. I know you I got didn't. that child. That's the issue. <laughs> or yeah. as soon as you did, it, it's out of date. You had to get the new one. <laughs> right. Exactly. An upgrade. Like who knew that a chair would have an expiration date, right? <laughs> well, and they're expensive or they can be, right. you know, they're all across the map. Price-wise, so that's another thing at Passy Fair is we try to help people understand where there might be resources for those things too. So you talked about the early childhood education stuff. Do you guys do any other realms of volunteering, or is that where you're mostly focusing? Well, that is where we primary focus. But like we said earlier, our mission is certainly leadership development, and I would say that's our primary mission. And so this year we are really excited about a new initiative that we are going to be putting out. It's actually going to be March 8th, and we're hosting it at MCC, and we're partnering with Waco ISD. And so we are hosting their Women's Empowerment Summit, and that is an invitation. It's actually an application process that Waco ISD will, you know, gather for us, and they are going to offer it to 258th to 12th grade women that are emerging leaders. And so we will have a summit where we have breakout sessions, a keynote speaker, a nice meal. And that specifically is taking our internal message of leadership development and externally providing it, hopefully, to tomorrow's emerging leaders that would be in our city. And to be honest, you know, the 12th grade woman, uh, the you know, the female student that is a 12th grader, She's going to be 22 in how many years? We'd love for her to join the Junior League. Mm -hmm. And so this might be their first opportunity to see who we are and what we're about. And we also are excited to be hosting this at MCC so that we can they can see a college campus, an eighth grader or seventh grader that steps on the, you know, soil at MCC for the first time might see their potential or their possibility. And so we're really excited about that internal mission becoming a little more external with our young leaders. Many of the women that will be participating in the summit are the oldest sibling, and, and they've got siblings at home. Yeah. They have the opportunity to to become a leader in their own home, mm-hmm. and that goes back to that early childhood education and family health, and just it, it just all trickles down. Excellent. From all the, the women that have come through your doors, mm-hmm. do you have any stories of women that have come back to you and said, I really found myself in the junior league and I was able to kind of step up as a leader in the community. Absolutely. You don't have to be a president to be a leader in this organization by any means, but we do have a group of our past presidents that we call the Gavel Club and we have begun getting together, um, you know, annually at least. And it's fun to sit around that table and see what those women are doing and how they have taken the skills that they've learned in the league and are applying it in their daily life, whether it's their vocation, at home, um, in their family, and in a variety of ways, that is a treat for sure. Like we 
the executive director for Compassion Ministries, Jill McCall, was one of our past or is one of our past presidents and it's always exciting to sit next to her and see compassion ministry and where it's come and when you sit down and talk to her she does speak about leadership skills that she learned in the junior league our provisional course takes a bus tour or a retreat through the city to see some of the gifts that we've given to the city most anniversaries that we have about every five to ten years we celebrate that internally by offering a gift externally and much of the time, the gift matches the number, like if it, our 80th 80th year here in the city. We celebrated by giving $80,000 gift to, re, to return the Reach Out and Read program to the Family Health Center. Anniversary Park is in Cameron Park, and that was another anniversary gift, Anniversary Park, mm-hmm. um, that we gave to the city as well. Um, so Jill McCall with Compassion Ministry, we assisted with one of their buildings. And so because of that, she's on our provisional course, Compassion Ministries is. And so that's always really neat to have her come and talk to our provisionals. And she always speaks about that her leadership development skills began in the junior league. So if I'm taking this bus tour, what else is on the bus tour of gifts that you guys have given to the city? Absolutely. So Sally's House downtown is with Salvation Army and um, our provisional members. That was my provisional year, actually, twenty. 10 and 11 and we helped do everything and we didn't we didn't build the house (laughs) but we did painting and decorating and really help helping make it a true home for women and families that are coming through the Salvation Army that are are in need of of a space to live. The zoo the butterfly garden is one um, gift that we gave to the city. Lions Park if you go to see Lions Park there's a carousel there we gave that celebrating our 75th year here in the city. We could go on and on 83 years um, yeah, there's a lot. The Hippodrome? <laughs> yes, the Hippodrome in the 80s. We renovated the Hippodrome wow. and brought that back. And so that's where we have our, mem- our general membership meeting right now. They are kind enough to allow us to meet there. Of course, you know, um, we, we pay to um, <laughs> meet there, but also just that they would put us on their, you know, monthly schedule to be able to be there, meet there in their main auditorium. But one of the neat things is they recognize and we recognize as members that the if the walls could speak there it's more of a it's more than a meeting space to us it's history mm-hmm. it's kind of cool also the fact that you guys helped you know keep it alive as a historic landmark and to see how it's been able to flourish absolutely gave it yes. the opportunity to have the future it has now that's really cool it's fun to see it flourish mm-hmm. so you guys have had your finger in waco for a very long time kind of helping in all sorts of different capacities it sounds kind of like you partner with different organizations and stuff in town to kind of bring everybody up like the the rising tide raises all boats kind of idea right so our main partners currently right now um, of course outside of our donors you know we are partnering with the YMCA in a variety of ways Waco ISD you know I mentioned earlier we have a few things there and region 12 where we host educate and collaborate we have the Baylor University. We host some of our events at the Mayborn Museum on their community days. Nurse Family Partnership is an organization that our provisional project this year, they are connecting with Nurse Family Partnership to do a Mommy and Me Milestone event where they bring in women that are in their program and we help them build milestone books. And it's not just the mom, it's the dad as well because it, you know we wanna encourage the family unit. But one of the things that Nurse Family Partnership helped us understand 
was that sometimes these children don't have memory books like maybe you and I do. And there's something to be said for a parent or a child being able to sit down and go, oh, that's what you look like when I was little. <laughs> um, and in some these children that are in this program potentially would not have that. And so we've developed this program with them. When they come to the Clifton House, we have it at our headquarters. There's a really nice meal. It feels like a party. It's a lot of fun. Um, and they together as a family build their milestone books. But prior to that, they go upstairs and they are able to have their hair done and cut and their makeup done and then professional pictures taken right there. Feel fancy. Yes. And so <laughs> it's a treat, something that we hope that these children look back on and remember, but also that the parents are able to just remember that memory and that it's that it stands the test of time. And they're another so. proud charity champion. And I think this yes. is a this is awesome that you guys have become charity champions because that's what we really hope is that all of our past charity champions will kind of like partner together and make Waco a better place. And you guys have been doing that for a very, very long time already. So that's one of the exciting things. I think when we went into that first luncheon where we were named charity champion, we got to see pack of hope who we've worked with previously mm -hmm. um, as well as Talitha Coombe. And hopefully we down the road might have some partnerships with men, uh, MCC men of color. And I think, the thought from that is that kind of like you said, rising tide raises all ships. It's important for us to look beyond our group and see how we can partner and collaborate and really better Waco. That's but, awesome. And yeah, as she says that, that's it's so true. So back traditionally, um, when we first began, there weren't a lot of nonprofits. And so what the Junior League was doing was identifying an issue in the city and really creating a solution to it. And then eventually a nonprofit was typically formulated out of it. And so then once that nonprofit got sustainable, we would sunset that and let them be out on their own. And then the junior league would go and look at the next, next issue in the city and go try to create another solution, which eventually would spin off and would be another nonprofit. These days, the market is saturated and mm -hmm. cities are saturated with nonprofits. That's not necessarily trying to start another one. Instead, we're trying to collaborate and lift the ones that we currently have here in the city. And so our model has changed a little bit towards instead of, um, it's more about collaboration mm -hmm. than about just starting it from the very beginning. Part of that is connecting with Prosper Waco and making sure, you know, you talked about earlier about how we decided to do early childhood. Part of it was certainly because of Prosper Waco and the fact that we were able to connect and see found research we, we sit on a working group there, the Early Childhood School Readiness Working Group, and we sit there monthly and try to be part of the solution for this. And uh, what can we do to collaborate? There are 17 organizations that sit on that working group, and it has been an excellent resource for us to make sure that we are meeting the goals, that the goals of the School Readiness Group, the goals of Prosper Waco and Early Childhood for our city that our projects match those goals and align so that we're not just over here doing something independently, but mm -hmm. it's this collaborative spirit that we all together are lifting education. That's awesome. Well, I want to talk about your really big fundraiser you guys have every year. Can you kind of tell me about Deck the Halls? We talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but... Absolutely. Deck the Halls is is our largest fundraiser, and it is a holiday gift market. It This year falls, it well, I should say it's always the first weekend of November. It's at the Waco Convention Center, and Christmas spills over. It's it's 
gets us in the spirit, the holiday spirit for sure. We have about 80 merchants that come from all over Texas. Some are even outside of Texas. Um, we, we do have local merchants that will participate, which is always fun. They have a few different items that they wouldn't necessarily have in their local stores for people to, to be involved with. But Yes, yeah, so it's, it's November 1st through the 4th. It happens to be the weekend of Baylor Homecoming, and we are excited about that. I mean, all the extra people that will be in our city mm-hmm. um, is really advantageous when you're trying to fund money and fund all your resources that in one weekend. And so through Deck the Halls and through our generous donors, that is how we're able to do the work that we've talked about today. Please. What can I find at Deck the Halls? Oh, well. If I want to go do some holiday shopping. Absolutely. There's you, even some stores for guys. Yes. <laughs> I was like men and women, children, your pets, food. <laughs> Leave the pets at home. However, you can, you can shop, shop for, for your pets. Yes. yes. Shop for your pets. Yes, absolutely. Uh, really, there's a gift for all there you could pretty much do all your holiday shopping and we encourage you to do that on that weekend and it's neat when you can buy a gift but also lift something else in the city at the same time so Mm -hmm. in addition to the traditional gift market we have a number of events that are focused on um different spectrums of the family it starts off with the ladies night out party that will be on november 1st 30s Thursday night and it's not only ladies there there are plenty of men there but it's it's just a, a really fun night you There's get early great access food, to yes and you get early access to all the shopping and drinks um, but then there will be breakfast with Santa there will be a gingerbread event there's a mother-daughter tea that will have a an inspirational speaker for those those women that will be at that luncheon and one thing we're really excited about Jana mentioned the gingerbread event at one of our community partners the YMCA we are doing something new this year in that we are inviting the first graders from Edna and from Doris Miller their aftercare programs we are inviting those first graders to come and join us at the gingerbread event to build gingerbread houses and um, we are excited about that. We also are going to have an opportunity to walk in the homecoming parade. And so we've invited the YMCA board as a community partner and those first graders to come join us and walk with us in the Baylor homecoming parade. So it's really (laughs) going to be a lot of fun to, (laughs) you know, just really live our mission out that not only are we trying to fund that weekend, but it's just going to be a lot of fun that weekend to um, connect with those first graders and well, with the why. And when we walk in the parade, we get to carry the city of Waco balloon. So, I mean, it's more than just promoting junior league, getting our name out there. It's showing that we are here for Waco and that we want to really encourage and support this community and develop women and, and our children in our community. And that it takes all of us, that it's not just one person or one organization trying to do that's And that's why it's not just us caring. It's the YMCA too. It's just a really fun place to be. (laughs) I have made friendships over the past, you know, 13 years that I believe wholeheartedly I wouldn't. Because when you sit next to someone and you work next to them and you have a common goal, it just becomes more, this friendship becomes more substantial. Mm -hmm. And so uh, while I didn't join the league looking for that right away, I did, um, that has happened for sure. I look around my friend group and the majority of them are, either in the junior league right now or sustainers that a sustainer is someone who has you know served for a certain number of years or reached an age limit that sort of thing and it's uh, an opportunity to still be in the junior league but essentially you just be in it you know just you can participate as you want Mm -hmm. that's right that's a great way to shepherd the new people that's Right. right yeah exactly and so that's just an added benefit i feel like my friendship pool has deepened and it also, because 
we don't attract the same type of person, mm. maybe my circle has been expanded. I should say maybe it has it been expanded has. because of it. And I actually didn't start out here in the Junior League of Waco. I joined the Junior League of Nashville. I lived there at the time, and that's where I did the provisional course. And um, I did my first three active years there in Nashville. And when my husband and I moved to Waco, I contacted the Junior League of Waco and said, I'm moving here. Can I? Do you have a realtor? Do you have um, <laughs> someone that you can connect me to? My husband and I are moving to the city. And I got on a plane, and Kara um, Neely Goble, a realtor here in town that was a provisional that year, um, met me at the airport, drove me around the <laughs> city that weekend. I did not know her, and um, I bought a house. And so, you know, she helped get me connected. She helped me understand the neighborhood structure, all those kinds of things, so that it just made it made our transition into a new city easier. And also, it's just, I will say I've learned that if you're moving into a new city, the Junior League, most of the time in most cities, have been around for a while. Mm -hmm. And so it's a great way to just get connected and find out a little bit about what the city's about. If they're not currently lifting that project, there's a good chance they've lifted it in the past. Mm -hmm. That was a really neat experience for me to have in my back pocket as I moved into a new place. I'll echo that, especially the the fun part of it as well. But I joined the Junior League. I formerly had been at Baylor and was Director of Community Relations. But it was really important at that time for me to to get involved at the grassroots levels of various organizations here in Waco just to understand how the community worked. And while that has definitely happened, on top of it, I, you know, looking next to me with Holly, Holly and I met 20 years ago at Baylor, then went separate ways but have reconnected in the last 10 years gotten to work really closely together and so while there's been so much individual professional development for myself so much involvement with community I also have deepened um what I hope will be a lifelong friendship so there's um, (laughs) (laughs) just it's a special it's a special group and it's really I think a unique group I've always been told like the best way to deepen a relationship is to or if you're looking for a deeper relationship to find a group of people that are passionate about the same thing you're passionate about. And so sounds like that's kind of what the Junior League is for the people in Waco or the women in Waco that are very passionate about making the community better. So Making the community better and and developing themselves as individuals as well. Yeah, you said that well. Well, thank you, ladies, for coming. We're so excited to add you to our Charity Champions group, and we're really excited to highlight you at the Baylor game for homecoming, and I hope everyone comes out to deck the halls. Well, thank you. We are honored to be recognized this year and, and thrilled, as we mentioned earlier, to be part of the training that will be coming that will be transformative for our membership. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Charity Champions podcast. If you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please take a moment and rate and review us. This helps our podcast reach more listeners. Have a charity you'd like to nominate for next season? Visit charitychampions.org nominate. You can also find more information on this podcast and all Charity Champions at charitychampions.org. And of course, tell all your friends. We'll see you next time.